Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We stand with arms high and heart abandoned, worshiping, praising you, the living God. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you, God. It is a privilege to worship and praise you. It is our privilege to be in your presence, to have you as our father who loves us so much that you allow your son to die on the cross for us, Lord God. Even before we knew you, you knew us and you loved us. So we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're going to do in our lives, all that you're going to do today. We pray that we leave here transformed and renewed, ready to do all that you've called us to do in the earth. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, God is good. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> um, I got a lot to cover, so we're going to see if we get to it all. I, praise, I hope that we will. I think we will, though. Yeah, I think we will. Again, I'm not texting. I just want to know the time. I want to make sure I'm aware of the time. Um, these two things. It's the title of the message today. Um, and we're only going to talk about these two things. And, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot to unpack <laughs> in these two things. Um, uh, the scripture reference we're going to, uh, we're going to, is in Matthew 22, 34 through 40. It is also in Mark 12, 28 through 34. Um, but we're going to focus in Luke 10, 25 through 37. Uh, And it reads, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. It says, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? That's what Jesus said. He answered the lawyer, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he, had, when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man up on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, which is two days' wages in that time, and gave them to the innkeeper and said to the innkeeper, Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for whatever extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. 
so you guys have preached my message already uh, through the worship, but I know we've heard this many, many times, um, but I pray that you look at it with some fresh eyes and from a different perspective. We're going to uh, do a deep dive into this scripture and just kind of really glean from what the Lord is saying in this, um, especially when he says that, he said, as, as he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to focus on those two things um, because that is what uh, in Matthew 22 and 34 through 40 or in Mark 12, 28 through 34, it says that is the most important two things. The law is wrapped up in those two things. So if we can do those two things, we're good, Right. I hope. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's a lot wrapped up in those two things. So let's look at what is heart, soul, strength, and mind. I'm going to quickly kind of go through those words. You know, I'm a word studier. <laughs> I'd like to know what they mean when they said it, what was, what was that encompassing. Uh, when, the, when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, what does that mean? What? How can I love him with just my physical heart? What is that encompassing? And so heart, uh, the Greek is cardia. We get the word cardiac from the chief organ of the physical life. It occupies the most important place in the human system. Um, and it can stand for the man's entire mental and moral activity, both rational and emotional. So we can see why God would say love him with your heart, because that was the most important organ. And if you love him with what we have as our seat and our human body as the most important organ, it would be saying, love me as if I'm the most important thing in your life. Love me with your soul. The soul, suke, uh, is the Greek, denotes the breath, the breath and the breath of life. The breath and the breath of life. The immaterial, the invisible part of man, the seat of the sentiment uh, in man that which perceives, reflects, feels, and desires. So when he says love you, love him with his, your soul, love him, love Lord your God with your reflections, your feelings, with your desires, and your perceptions. And that's deeper than just having him being the most important as the heart. That means it goes deeper into my feeling about God and my emotions about God is loving towards him. Um, you know, there is that feeling you get when you're new and in love. Um, back in 94, 93, when I met my dear wife, <laughs> and you have that kind of romantic feeling, that love, those flutters in your heart. Uh, God says, I want you to have that for me in your soul. I want your desires to be towards me. I want you to reflect on me. You know, when you're early in your, your relationships, you talk a lot and you can't wait to be around that person. And it was just special. And you play back the conversations you may have had and, you know, you may talk on the phone for hours and then you refuse to hang up and you talk even longer, you know, that type thing. I want you to have that 
for me, God says. I want you to reflect on me and our relationship and think about what I've said and our conversations together. Uh, I want your desires to be towards me. Strength, ability, and might. Um, I'm not even going to pronounce the Greek word because it's I-S-C-H-U-S. I guess it's ictus. Love him with your ability and with your strength. And so Laura was saying, you know, love him with our physical being, how we display that within our bodies, with our might, with our strength, whether it be in praise or within worship, whether we're clapping and saying bravo for all the things you've done, Lord God, whether it's surrendering with our hands held high, whether it's kneeling down in worship, love you with all I have, all my might. And that requires some action, some physical being with your ability, with your might, with my strength. I'm going to love you, God, with all I have in me. So that's not necessarily a meekness, quiet love, but it could be a boisterous yelling, screaming, throwing of hands. You know, often I had a pastor when I we lived in Raleigh who would say, um, you know, there's people yelling in a stadium uh, for a football team and no one on that field died on the cross for their sins. Uh, <laughs> and late in the midnight hour, no one on that football team is going to come and meet you and turn things around in your favor. Uh, but God will. And with that same exuberance that we would show towards a team or athlete or sport, let us equally, if not greater, show our God who does greater than anyone on that team uh, will ever do for us with all our might and with all our strength. And with your mind, love the Lord God with all your mind, your thinking thought over your meditation, your reflection. Again, that new love that you think about and you focus on, he wants your mind. He wants you to love him with your mind. So understanding these words, we really get to see how God really wants us to love him or a glimpse or understanding of how he wants us to love him. Uh, our mind also means our knowing, our understanding, and our moral reflection. So with all that being said, how do we love God with all our heart, all our soul, strength, and mind? So when I thought about this, you know, there is a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages, uh, Words of Affirmation. Quality time on that prophetic group high five saying quality time. I want quality time with you. Never mind. <laughs> it's a 90s R&B group. They want that prophetic. Uh, <laughs> receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So those are the five love languages that Gary Chapman uh, came up with. And I think that encompasses a lot. Uh, my wife's love language is quality time. I think I'm a little bit of all of these, depending on what day and time it is. Um, <laughs> but, um, and oftentimes we want to give love the way our language is. So if my language is quality time, then I'm going to give love by wanting quality time with you. 
I'm not going to sing that song. <laughs> By wanting quality time. Uh, but you, your love language may be words of affirmation. So just because I'm spending time with you, you may feel like, well, that's great. But I really want you to say, affirm our love and who I am in your life. And a lot of times that's how we treat God, you know, because of how we love or don't love or how our love was shattered (laughs) or uh, abused, then we put that image on God and sometimes love him that way. And God is saying, no, no, that's not how I love. Um, I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Um, but love me, not necessarily how you will love, but how I love. And it is required. So how does God, how does God want us to love him? So I have a quick video um, that shows, gets in a little bit of how God wants us to love him. How to love God. Luke 10:27 Yeshua said and he answered You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself How to love God and others Does it mean that we should just be nice or patient and giving or does it mean something much more than this According to scripture here is how to love God Exodus 20 verse 6 but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 11 verse 1 You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. John 14:15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, Yeshua said. John 14 verse 21 Yeshua said, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. John 15.10 If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in him. 1 John 2.4-5 The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Second John 1 verse 6 And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandments, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. I think we get the point. Keeping his commandments is how to love God. We should study the commandments and keep them close to our lips and hearts. Joshua 1 verse 8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Read Psalm 119 to gain further understanding of how serious it is to meditate and keep God's commandments, which is how to love God. What is the whole duty of man according to Solomon? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. The conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments. Because this applies to every person, not just the Jews. So to conclude, 
Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. How do we love God? By keeping Torah, God's commandments. If you liked this video and want to see more made, please subscribe and share. Thank you. So how do we love God? Come on, it's not a hard question. Come on, we keep his commandments. I think God has a sense of humor. He just says it over and over again. Uh, I guess he wants to beat it across our heads so we understand it and get it. That if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so, um, and I gave some scriptures in that, and we're going to look at that a little bit. But um, in your bulletin, you have, what are the commands of Christ? These are just 49 of them. In my research, I found there were over a thousand commands uh, within the New Testament alone. We know at least there are 10 in the Old Testament, <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, but let's look. I don't know if you got your it should have been in your bulletin. It says one of the commands of Christ. And again, I didn't do this research. I don't take credit for any of this right here. Um, but Repent. It's a commandment. Follow me. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Rejoice. Let your light shine. Be reconciled. Do not lust. Keep your word. Go the second mile, as in the Samaritan did. Love your enemies. It's not easy. But it is a commandment. We must keep it. Uh, Lay up treasures. Seek God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Matthew six thirty three. Ask, seek not. So uh, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and it shall, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asketh, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. This is a commandment. He commands us to have faith. When we ask, seek, and knock, that that door will be opened. Uh, choose the narrow way. It means don't go with the crowd. Uh, it may be difficult. Uh, beware of false prophets. Pray for laborers. Be wise as serpents. Deny yourself is a commandment. Go to offenders who offend you. If you're offended by someone, go to them. Forgive offenders. Honor marriage. Fear not on that page as well. Um, ask in faith be a house of prayer love your neighbor who is your neighbor uh, be born again uh, watch and pray receive God's power make disciples it was just a, a, a quick going through of that list again how will we know his commandments only by reading the word, which is full of his commandments. And I can't go through all of them. I'm not even going to try. We'll be here all day and tomorrow and the rest of the year probably. Um, but, and they may be things that God have, has commanded you in particular to do. And you must obey his commandments if you love him. And it can't be just lip service. It can't be just something I say and then I don't act out. I don't keep his commandments, and that's not love. Um, let's look deeper. They gave us a, a, a couple of scriptures. They gave us Exodus 20 and 6. Uh, it says Deuteronomy 11 and 1. But we're going to look closer at John 14 and 21, just right quick. 
because um, I love the way that it says, and again, this is John fourteen twenty one. It says, whoever has my commands and keep them, keeps them is the one who loves me. Can't get any clearer than that. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I, too, will love them. And the promise we have in that is that Jesus will show himself to them. Let me read that again. Let me know if you understood that. So if we keep his commandments, and the one who loves him, loves me, the one who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I will, too, love them, and I will show some versions say reveal, some versions say manifest. Jesus will manifest himself to us if we love him. Are we searching? We're looking for Jesus, right? We're wanting to be like him. And the way in which to see him revealed in us is to love the Father by keeping his commandments. So that's thing one. There are two things, <laughs> remember, these two things. So we're going to love God with all our heart, strength, soul, mind. And then I think sometimes we get caught up in the love part of God, which is great. And we say we can do that part really good because God is good to us and that's wonderful. But part of keeping those commandments is also loving your neighbor as yourself, which is found eight times in the Bible. <clears throat> Love your neighbor as yourself. So first question I ask about loving your neighbor as yourself is, do you love yourself? <laughs> we innately seek good for ourselves. This is part of being what we are, who we are. are we, focused to, we make sure that we focus to take care of ourselves. Self-love is natural, it's normal, and it's a given in our lives. Now, self-love can become too much love if we do too much. Uh, but I think if we keep that in moderation, uh, because it does say deny ourselves, deny some of the fleshly things that we want. But we should love ourselves. We should wash ourselves. We should desire to brush our hair and teeth. And, you know, that's self-love, good hygiene. Let's not neglect that. <laughs> um, but also self-love is taking, taking care of yourself physically, spiritually, and relationally as well. So... I love myself enough to know that I am a sinner and need a Christ. Uh, I love myself to know that I need this word to live. Um, I love myself to know that, you know, I need to watch what I eat and uh, take care of myself physically. And I need to be in a good relationship, right relationship with human beings. Uh, so that's taking care of myself physically. A right self-love recognizes our limits and need to turn to Jesus, know myself, accept myself, and be my best self for the glory of God. So that's loving yourself. So let's not get caught up on that. But focus on love your neighbor. And so the question was asked was, who is our neighbor? That's what that uh, attorney asked in, in the scripture. But the better question to ask is, what type of person am I? And who am I? Because ultimately in that scripture, we can turn back to it, Luke 10, 25 through 37. And 
36, it says, which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? So he didn't say the robber or the, uh, the man who was, who was beaten up was the neighbor. He said, which one of these was a neighbor? Which meaning you, are you a neighbor? Are you the guy who walked to the other side, the two gentlemen who or women who walked to the other side, men who walked to the other side? Or are you the Samaritan? Who are you? What does that mean for you? Are you a good neighbor? Um, so the question should be flipped. It's not necessarily who is our neighbor, but am I a good neighbor? Because if I'm a good neighbor, then it doesn't matter who I'm around. I'm always going to be a good neighbor. I'm always going to be seeking to do the best for that person involved. I'm always going to be looking out, not for my own interests, but for the people around me. I'm always going to be willing to show mercy. I'm always going to be willing to go the extra mile, as some of these commandments say. Um, I'm going to be willing to do more than just what I have to do. Uh, What type of neighbor are you? Are you one? To show mercy. Uh, and before I say that, you know, I, the, since preparing for this message, the Lord has been dealing with me, you know, about just kind of being focused on my own life and not being concerned about what's around me. And so one morning I was coming from work just recently, this week, and um, I saw a gentleman at the bus stop. Uh, it was like a young man, and he had like some uh, trash bags, and they were with, Clothes, I could tell they were, they were see-through, so you could see the clothes in them. And so I said, oh, he must be going to do laundry. He's waiting for the bus. He was at the bus stop waiting for the bus to go to the laundromat. And the Lord said, you should ask him, does he need a ride? And I kept on driving. I said, Lord, this is not the morning <laughs> for me to be trying to pick somebody up. Because I had worked 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. It was in the morning, and I was ready to go home. So I went past him. I turned back her eyes. Oh, God, he's not going to let this go. And I got to preach this on Sunday. So I can't. <laughs> I can't not not do this. I can't. I have to. So I turned back around and I said, well, he's not going to. Most people, you know, if you ask him for a ride, most people say no. And so I was like, he's probably he's not he's going to say no. He said he didn't say no. He said, <laughs> so I said, hey, man, I see you got some clothes here. Are you going to the laundromat? He said, yes. I said, do you need a ride? He said, yes. And he was like, wow, yes. And I was like, oh, God, he did say yes. So then I had to move the stuff out of my passenger seat and put it in the back because I was like, I wasn't really ready for that. Uh, <laughs> so I got, gave, got in the car, and I said, well, which laundromat are you going to? And he was going to the one on Memorial Avenue. Uh, one I thought was near the grocery store on Memorial Avenue, so I began to head there. And I, as I was heading there, the Lord said, I want you to go above and beyond just taking him. I was like, oh, God, come on. What are we going to do now? And so I was like, oh, you know what? I said, this guy is going to think I'm crazy. I said, I'm going to need to go to the, because I didn't have any cash on me. So I knew the Lord wanted me to give him some, some money. And he, he had a job. It wasn't like he was broke or he said he was doing his laundry. We had a conversation. He worked at his job for two years. He was from New Jersey. He just moved here two years ago. And so it wasn't like he needed, but the Lord just said, Get, go above and beyond. I was like, oh, I gotta tell this guy I gotta go by the ATM to get some cash, and that's gonna look strange because I'm supposed to be taking him somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> I said, let me run by the. Uh, I need to run by the bank, which is not far from where I was taking him anyway. So I ran by the bank, got some cash, 
So I was taking him, and I went to one laundromat, which was closed. I said, oh, gosh, it's closed. I said, please, Lord, don't tell me I had to sit here and wait for the laundromat to open up. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm actually not wanting to go to this one. There's a 24-hour one a couple blocks up. I was like, oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Let's, let me take you there. So took him there. Said, he said, thank you. He was very gracious. And we talked. I asked him. Did he go belong to a church? And he said, no, I haven't gone to church since I've been here. I grew up in church. And I, I, it wasn't, I didn't think the Lord was wanting me to uh, try to preach to him. That wasn't the goal. That wasn't what it was for. Because the Samaritan didn't try to preach to that injured man. It was just to show love. And so I really felt that. So I was like, well, it's not the time or to, you know, to do that. But to really just show love, go above and beyond just to show love. So I gave him some, gave him the money, and I said, thank you, sir. I hope you have a good evening, good day, get your clothes washed. And I went on. And so, and I don't say that to get any glory, God knows, because I wasn't really willing to in the beginning in the first place. So, <laughs> uh, But I say that, that, you know, that's what, you know, God is looking for us to do all the time. And that's what the Lord reminded me. He said, you know, I want you to do this all the time. I was like, oh, wow. You know, you're right. This is what we should be doing. And not just for strangers, but for our body, for our members, or for our family, our church family. This is how we should live, that we love one another and as ourselves. And we're willing to go not just do the necessary, but go and beyond. Because it would have been fine for me to just pick him up. And take him to the laundromat. And that probably would have been, he would have been gracious and he would have said thank you. And that would have been fine. But the Lord wanted me to go above and beyond and push myself. And so um, I say all that to say, you know, I don't know where everyone is. That's not my goal to know that. Uh, but find out where, where the Lord wants you to love your neighbor as yourself. What does that look like for you? And I can't tell you what that should be, and you may not model. I don't suggest everyone go pick up strangers. No, that's not what I'm saying, not at all, <laughs> um, especially at night or long. No, but what I'm saying is find out where the Lord is pressing you to love others as yourself. What does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? Where does that, what does that lead you to and how your lifestyle would be different? If you love your neighbors as yourself and not just your physical neighbors. And it's easy to help people that look like you, but also extending mercy to people who don't look like you, who may not even speak your language, may not even be from your area to show love, to show God's love and not to preach the gospel. Because it wasn't what the Samaritan had done, Um but it was just to show love for love, for God's sake. I don't get a member out of the church, or I don't say I witness to someone, I get a notch on my, my crown, or you get a small jewel for witnessing. That's not what it's for. It is to love for love's sake. And if the Lord and the Holy Spirit is leading you to, to witness, then do that, yes. But that's not always our motivation to say that I witness. Or to, you know, because that then that is for us sometimes. There's maybe a selfish reason. It may be a good reason, but sometimes it can be selfish. Uh, but loving people just because it's our duty as the body of Christ to love, to show mercy. Because the expert said, the, he asked, 
who is the neighbor? He, that's the lawyer said, the one who had mercy on him. And mercy is the outward manifestation of pity. That mercy is the outward manifestation of pity, and pity can be compassion or tenderheartedness. So it's the outward manifestation of my compassion. That means it is an act. And God's outward manifestation of his compassion for us is to have his son die on the cross for our sin. That was his act that he did because he had pity, compassion, mercy for us. And so he is saying, I want you to have mercy, pity, compassion for your neighbors. And I can't tell you what that will look like and where that will lead you, but it is important And it is these two things that hinges on our inheritance. The initial question the gentleman asked was, let me get to it. It says, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit inherit eternal life? So those two things leads us to eternal life, connects us back to eternal life. And sometimes we forget that, you know, wow, that he was answering an eternal life question. He wasn't answering, you know, what must I do to be saved or what must, you know, he was asking an eternal life by saying, love the Lord God with all your heart, might, all your strength, all your soul and all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. This connects us to our eternal inheritance, which is eternal life. So I challenge you today, this week, this month, this year, to find opportunities to show mercy, to show compassion. It may be to your spouse. It may be to your children because they need it sometimes a lot. Um, But showing mercy Wherever that may be, and however that looks for you, where you are, your coworkers, your neighbors that are around you physically, uh, but the people that you may encounter along your journeys uh, throughout the summer, find opportunities to bless people, uh, to show God's love, and not have it be for selfish reasons, uh, but just because it's what God wants you to do. And I want to hear your testimony, so... If you experience the Holy Spirit moving you to do something that is not within your nature to do or your your general thing to do, uh, then do that. But we want to make the thing is we want to make that so (laughs) so general that it's no it's not testimony worthy. You know, me helping and loving people people is not testimony worthy. That should be just what we do every day. It is not. You know, oh, I, I, I did something for someone needy, and I did it that one day, and then it, it's six months before I do something again. That's not lifestyle changing. <laughs> but we want to like, we want to change our lifestyle. We want to be merciful people and extend the same mercy that God has given us. I want to ask like any questions, but this is not a classroom, so we won't. <laughs> um, but you stand. Oh, we're not standing. Are we doing things different? I forget how it's changing. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, these two things. These two things. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for 
this time. Uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. We just honor you, Lord God, in all that we do and say. We pray that you will be with us throughout this week, this month, and give us opportunities to show love, to have pity, to have compassion on someone else, uh, and to go above and beyond what we would normally do. Um, Lord, just give us a desire to want to be more like you, change our hearts and minds so that we can love you with all our heart, our mind, soul, our strength, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And we challenge one another. We want to sharpen one another to do that on a regular basis, that it becomes so regular it's a lifestyle for us that we just love and we show mercy. And we are known because of that. We become infamous throughout the city because we are people who show love. Regardless of your statue, where you are in life, how much money you have, what kind of job you have, none of that matters. We are just here to show love. So we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.